And I was thinking, y'all ever bought something and then you you got it and then you took it back? Why you wanted your money back? I don't know. I just kind of be eating the charge. To be honest, why you got something that you that you had that experience with? I was thinking of something back in the day, and I was like, I bought this Logic album, and mm. I, I heard the album, and then I was like, man, I want my money back. Like I bought it on Apple Music, and yeah, that shit wasn't. I, I felt like it wasn't worth the money. I was like, maybe I could get my bread back. Well, your first mistake was buying a Logic album. Why you buy that in the first place? I'm just thinking back in the day. Back in the day, um, Logic could rap. He just came out with the the song related to um, if you're panicking or if you're going through mental health or suicide. He came out with that. Uh, oh, track. the suicide song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you guys I mean, feel I like supportive of that? Do you guys feel like he legitimately cares about that stuff, or was that? A gimmick, you think? Hmm. I feel like who doesn't care about that stuff? I feel like you're a monster if you do say you don't care. I would say a lot of people don't give a fuck <laughs> about other people's mental health. That's why they treat people the way they do. They don't care for real. Now, logic. I think it's a bit of both because obviously that's a good, that's a great idea. Like, let me capitalize off of that. Like, sad people that want to kill themselves. Like, yeah. And it's a, I mean, it's a song that, of course, it's going to be nominated for a million Grammys like it was. You know, you can play it everywhere. It's like the most safe song ever. It's the same thing to me with almost like... I mean, you can't play it everywhere. I mean, it's a song about <laughs> suicide, so... Well, you it's can't really play it only people like, feeling down. I mean, you can't play it in like a bar or something like that. But you can play it in like a commercial. You got a commercial. I've seen commercials that have used that song that you are about like suicide prevention call this number don't kill yourself mm -hmm. uh, he just had a song that like nobody else has a song quite like that so you can use it for any situations that apply to mental health suicide he's got no competition in that lane to be honest he only did it once he's like little nice like he did the country <laughs> song and then got out of there yeah right like, does he really care because he could have done a whole album all about ptsd anxiety depression he could have like had songs about each one of those conditions like g herbo he had a whole album called ptsd where like yes. the whole thing was themed around his own mental health experience like i don't i can't i don't know i, I don't really listen to logic heard it? so maybe the maybe the whole album was about that yeah i heard i heard the g herbo no i'm talking about the ptsd album i wasn't yeah, yeah i heard that it was it was that was like that's probably his best album to be honest like it's just real personal like it, it really was around the theme of ptsd i yeah, imagine you know, shooting uh -huh. crime his life yeah that was the album where he had like 50 dead homies on the cover i think it was um so yeah I that mean, that's when album. he's at his best to be for real yeah but I'm, i feel like logic should have probably went into that i don't know about 50 dead homies on the cover you should have you know he, he don't got no dead homies <laughs> i don't think logic has dead homies to be nah, honest. The only thing he got is the black father. He always complained. Ain't wasn't there. Boo hoo. That's what he be saying? Is that what Logic be saying? I, I don't know. I don't listen to Logic. Yeah, that's what he says. He always talks about um his skin color. People not accepting him for being black. His black father who wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, that's what he talks about. I mean, he's I'm not gonna sit here and be like Logic's not a good rapper. He he's definitely a great rapper. Like he can rap. You just wanted your money back. You wanted your 1099 back. I did want my 1099 back. After I heard it, I was just like, this ain't, I could have just got this for free. Out of all the albums to buy, like, wow. No, I, I bought plenty of other albums that I definitely regret it. Um, I bought a Vince Staples album. It was. Yeah, don't do Vince like that. <laughs> so I'm curious. I think it's called Big Fish. <laughs> Are these artists that you like, hey, I trust their product, I trust the music that they put out, so I'm just gonna buy the album cold? Or are these people that like you played the snippets and then you got fooled when you heard the full song? No, I was already bought into those artists, so I was like, anything they put out, I was just being like, hey, I'm gonna actually support because that's when streaming was starting to get really big. See, this was years ago. This is probably like, I mean, I would say 2000 what 14 ish 
something like around then when streaming started really getting popular all these different services things like that and yeah i was i was one of those people like yeah i'm gonna buy the cd i'm gonna buy the album to show support um around that time so yeah i mean i bought vince staples album the big fish or something like that or big fish came theory out with. it was something like he was in a fish bowl yeah big fish big theory. Head or something yeah that album was terrible like i, I heard it and i was just like <laughs> This shit is fucking garbage. That was mm. his worst album. And I was like, of course, this is the album I bought. Like, right off jump, I didn't hear nothing. It is crazy how much streaming has changed music consumption. Because I, I like you, I was buying CDs until, like, like maybe, like, 2016. Maybe not, like, physical CDs, but, you know, like, buying the albums out, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember you get an album, and it's like, okay, it's 16 tracks, and... Only eight of them are fire. I'm like, man, I could have just bought these as singles. Like, why do I have to buy this whole album? Versus now, but you were like committed. I was committed that I like this artist so much. I'm going to give you all this money and just jump in. And now the artists that I buy full albums from, it is so rare. Yeah. Like, it's maybe twice a year. And that's probably after I've already played the album on streaming a couple times and know, like, yeah, this whole album is fire and I want to listen to this from start to back. That's what it is. Yeah, it, it got to already be a classic in my mind for me to go purchase Same. it. Same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, or it got to be old as hell, like some old vinyls. I, I, I still collect old vinyls, so, like, that's cool. But other than that, I'm not buying. I feel like my $10 to Spotify every month is enough. Personally. Same. Uh, what's the last album that you guys bought what's the last album can you think of one right yeah I, I bought plenty of vinyls like I'm a vinyl collector as well so I mean the last albums I bought was Utopia and also the Post Malone Austin you got the vinyls or digital yeah I got the vinyls oh. um, but yeah I got a lot of vinyls that I just buy of different artists as well yeah I can't think of, do, you, do you have any Jermaine that you can think of I think the last album I bought, uh, going back to what you said about like things being a classic, was Summer's debut album. What is that, Over It? I think that was the last album that I bought. And that was years after it came out. Like It's just one of those things that I always go back to. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'll give you, give you 1099, Summer. Here you go. Like the CD or like on iTunes or something? Just on iTunes. In okay. terms of like CDs, I haven't bought a physical CD in so long. Couldn't tell you when. Yeah, I think the last CD I bought was Mace Harlem World. Oh. And yeah, since then I don't. There's no point about who has a CD player anymore. So like my laptop don't have no CD player. My car don't. So it's like there's no point. But nobody has DVD players anymore that can play CDs. True. True. Yeah. So. When's the like, last time you saw a DVD player? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, but yeah, let's go ahead and enter this podcast, man. If you're listening, this is the Friends Podcast, man. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Matt, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. What's up, y'all? It's Jermaine. And it's Ryan. This is the Friends Podcast. Make check make sure you're checking us out. We're streaming everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, YouTube, also your mom's crib, your best friend's crib. Probably any black household in the neighborhood, any white household in the neighborhood, we're streaming. Most definitely. So check us out, man. Go run those episodes up, man. The past episodes, we've been talking a lot of shit, man. A lot of good shit that, that y'all need to hear. But, man, gunplay. Gunplay. Once again. Mm-hmm. So if you go back a couple I of episodes. You say you fuck with him? Yeah. What do you do? Okay. Come out with a hot <laughs> song? I don't know. He, he didn't make a hot song. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard no gunplay music in a minute, but you might not fuck with him after you hear this. So, of course, we talked about him a couple of weeks ago where he, him and DJ MV had a back and forth, um, something about a GoFundMe that, go, that gunplay had, blah, blah, blah. You can go look that up and stuff like that. But something that just recently happened is his um, his wife is suing him. Is it? Is, am I correct? She's suing him right now? I thought she had pressed charges against him. Let's see. Just before I proceed. I know he went to jail, but I don't know anything about suing. 
So he was arrested for child abuse, and his wife says that she's divorcing him. Damn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what's happening. So I don't know if she's suing him yet or anything like that. Now, so allegedly... She don't need to sue him. Like, she's going to get child support and spousal support. Like, yeah, he's going to have to ask Rick Ross for that chain back. But um, Expeditiously. So allegedly he threw glass cups and bottles at his wife. And he pressed a rival, uh, rifle against her chest and threatened her. Um, and did all of this while she was holding their uh, six-month baby. Overplaying Call of Duty. So this is what happened. I guess what happened, and this is my breakdown. I don't know exactly what happened, but it seems like he was probably playing Call of Duty. He was probably on the war zone, about to die. She was like, nigga, you always on that game. Get off the game. And he picked up the strap and I guess pointed it at her and and his own child, his own baby, you know. And so he got arrested for that. So, yeah, that's what's going on. I just wanted to talk about this just to see, like, what's 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 the temperature? I want to check y'all temperature and just see what's going on, like, because we just talked about him. And so what y'all think about this? Can I add one more, a couple other details here that I'm seeing from the, the report? So, um, like you said, she came home from dinner. He's playing Xbox drunk. When she tells him to be quiet, he starts throwing liquor bottles um, at him. One of the details that's interesting to me, <laughs> I, don't know, I hate to say this is funny, but because it's not funny. It's very sad. But so he picks up his AK, points uh -oh. it at her chest while she's holding the baby and says, I'll blow your shit back. <laughs> while she's holding their six month old child what That's I just crazy. don't get what kind of drugs is this guy on like to <laughs> point that out at your own wife and six month year old child and tell her I'll blow your shit back <laughs> like stop talking like, like, like she's a man like what <laughs> I don't Over even want to be like on the on the oh. other side, like I, like there's plenty of questions I could ask, but I feel like it's not even right for me to ask him. No, let's like, let's talk about it. The first thing in my mind is like, was it really the game that got him pissed off? Was that it, or was it just something overall throughout the entire day that just made him so upset? It's like you know what, I'm trying to get away, I'm trying to play the game, and you still on my head. Like <laughs> this nigga just was taking drugs. It was like. You know what? I'll, I'll blow your shit back. So, like you keep you keep playing with me. Cause like, how crazy did he? Did she have to say that? Like, for him to get mad about getting off the game? Like, how serious was it? Where it was like, oh, I gotta point the gun. She must have said some crazy yeah. shit to him. It could have been like a little kid, like online, calling her nigga. Oh, like, for sure. <laughs> Cause you know, on Call of Duty, that's that's the program. Like, that's all they do. Like, every five lobbies I get in, they saying the n word. So, as a woman, I've never played Call of Duty. Them. Is it like, I know it's obviously like a war game. Like, could he have really just been in the, the zone that much that he forgets this is real life? Like, I'm not trying to cave for him by any means, but uh, this story is so ridiculous. I need some help to understand how you even get in that frame of mind. I think that's possible. You know, back in the day, like when Grand Theft Auto was first coming out and they was talking about like, how it's such a bad influence on people and is making people uh -huh. more violent. So you might be on to something there with that. I think that that's a possibility. Um, just to break it down real quick. Yeah. Call of Duty is all about strategy. It's all about not letting people, you know what I'm saying? Get to you. You got to watch your back and stuff like that. So maybe he was still in the zone. Like he was just might maybe just beat a gunfight and she coming in and he was like, Oh, like get away from me. Like I'm about to, you know, I will blow your shit back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so that could be what it is. That's an interesting point. Um, I don't know why that line makes it so funny. It's like that's crazy to me. Like, you can say that to your wife and child. It's nuts. Unprovoked, un, you know, no weapons. She's not coming at you. Like, literally, just that's your response to can you get off the video game? Like, it's time to go to bed. Mm -hmm. Can you be quiet? I'm really wondering, uh, do, do he keep a rifle like right next to him or something? Or did he go upstairs to go grab the rifle? You know, that's a good point. I just don't understand where does a rifle come from? Like, they just point at his wife. 
I mean, the man's name is Gunplay. You would assume that he would always have a gun on him, like at all times. I, I assume that. I'm gonna speak for myself, <laughs> but yeah, he must have had it right on him. Um, here's my point. Call of Duty is crazy. There's so many like details of this story that are just wild to me. Like the fact that just a couple months ago, he was on camera cussing Envy out something crazy because Envy just referenced a GoFundMe that was for Gunplay's daughter. Didn't speak negatively about the daughter, about the situation. Really was using it to, to shame and embarrass Ross. And Gunplay took such offense to that that he went on his podcast and cussed him out. And it's like, you, so you wait, care wait, about Gunpla the- Gunplay got a podcast? He does. This oh. is right. At least they're on a podcast. I thought, I thought he yelled in his phone. I didn't know he had a podcast. <laughs> and the wife was there with him. Yeah. And so to go from barking at envy to quote unquote protect your daughter and your wife to then like 60, 90 days later be willing to point a rifle at them is crazy. Man, they're both going to jail. Both? <laughs> both who? <laughs> Envy and go. DJ Envy. Oh, good play. Yeah. So maybe they could settle it. Hopefully they don't end up in the same cell. <laughs> right. I wonder who's gonna be top bunk. Definitely gunplay. <laughs> definitely, so? definitely gunplay. <laughs> gunplay oh, I, I wouldn't That's play it. DJ Envy. Like he from what Queens? Or like Man, that nigga DJ. This nigga DJ. Somebody named DJ Envy versus somebody named Gunplay. I'm taking gunplay. I, I, I'm I'm gonna give it Envy. Envy got mm -hmm. top bunk. Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, if, if he's going to use his uh, police dad to make sure he's in protective custody, for sure. Mm -hmm. He's going to work the system to his advantage. But no, Jermaine, I do think that is so, it's so interesting how like the tables turn just so quickly. It's very, it's very interesting. I, I kind of relate it to like, so Will Smith, right? How he did the slap, like it was all about. Man, like you know, my wife, my wife feel this way or whatever. Like, of course, that's why he did it, and that's why Gunplay did what he did because his wife. But like, if you felt this way about your wife, why are you pointing a gun at her? You know, that's what I'm yeah. trying. To, that's what I'm trying to understand. I was just gonna say the other part that's really interesting to me is, um, like I mentioned in that clip where he was going off on envy, the wife was there, and she was talking about how she was suing envy because she's a lawyer. Um, and she seemed really proud that gunplay was going off the way he was. Almost like, you know, like, oh, my man is protected. He's protected. Look at him trying to stand up for me, the wifey, da 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 da. Mm -hmm. And then now you see just a couple months later how that kind of comes back to affect her. And I'm not victim blaming by any means because what he did was nuts. But I think this is one thing that a lot of women need to realize when you mess with certain, like, Street dudes mm -hmm. is yeah. You think it's cute when he's trying to fight everybody. He's pulling out a gun on other people. He's threatening other people. You don't realize that's who he is on the inside. Like you can get it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the catch twenty two with it. Like yeah, he'll protect you, but he'll also take you out the game at the same time. If you cross what else? Him. What else do you think uh, people learned, uh, Jermaine? Ladies in particular from this incident can learn from this. Yeah, coming from this. Um, I you don't think, think that get her turned on? Like getting a gun pulled out on her? I, I don't know about a gun getting pulled out on her, but I bet you that she did feel this gunplay turned on by you know, like I said, him being aggressive, being street, and you just forget they know like there's some negative consequences of that too. Mm. I think people got to realize like you don't just get somebody's good qualities in a relationship. You get the good I, and the bad. I feel like no one is shocked by it. So Not I, I don't so. think she's I don't even think that she's super shocked by it that he pulled out a gun or he has guns. So I don't know if they really learned anything. Like this is exactly what they signed up for. They they signed up for a street dude because they know he he's unpredictable. So apparently, um, according to her IG post, uh, so he is back to using and developed a very bad drinking problem too. 
So like that Using that type what? of shit. I don't know. Some type of something. She said all she said was back to using. So I'm I'm not sure. But when you mix those thing addictions with just PTSD or whatever different types of mental stuff, like that's never a good, never a good concoction. So like it's are we gonna blame that for his mistake though? Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that probably get fucked up and they don't just pull a gun out on someone. Like, come on. And as we've all said, I think at least once so far this episode, his name is Gunplay. So before he was ever using, he already had an affinity for guns. Do y'all feel like, y'all know how people be saying, uh, you know, uh, drinking brings out your true colors and stuff like that. Do y'all believe that? Like, as in he been wanting to point his gun at his baby mama? Like, I'm saying in general, like, if you're an angry person and you get drunk, you're going to get way more angrier. If you're, um, you know, super freaky, you're going to get way freakier when you when you drunk. Like, do y'all believe that drinking shows your true colors? You're going to say the things that you want to say? I do. Yeah, I do think that it gives you that extra, like, bit of confidence to that whatever is really inside you. Yeah, I do think it comes out a little bit more. I can think for myself, like times where I was drinking, um, if I was in a good mood, it's extra fun. If I had a rough day, then that's when it's like drunk tears at the end of the night. Like whatever was deep inside came out. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, a nigga named Gunplay. I mean, do you have a, you got an answer to that question or what do you think? Uh. I, th I feel like for certain people, yeah, it depends on how you can control it. I feel like I can control myself even when I'm drunk. So, like, I don't really necessarily feel Do like, you try oh, to? Try to control myself? Uh, Make a conscious effort? Probably. I think so, yeah. Like, I, mean, I still have, have decision-making skills, I feel like, when I'm drunk. At these days, like, maybe back in the day, no. But, yeah, these days, yeah. The, but the reason I said that is because... You know, a nigga named Gunplay getting drunk and high like, is gonna bring out those true colors. You know what I mean? That's, and I'm not saying I'm not blaming it all on the substances. Obviously, that's who he is, but it's part of it. It's definitely part of it. Here's the, he made a mistake. Hmm. What do you mean? By I feel that? like he he didn't want to do that for real. Like I know he regrets it. Like I feel like he definitely regrets what he did. Um. But do it? Does it make it right? Of course not. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the end of it. Like, I don't, I don't know what else we can pull out out of this um, topic. But I mean, he's going to jail or in trouble for sure, divorce, all that. Only other thing I'll add on from a woman's perspective is what's really interesting is so I respect the fact that she's like, yo, I'm out, like restraining order, filing for divorce. I don't think that you should have to accept that in a relationship. But it's really interesting to me that she's a lawyer and is married to gunplay. Like, <laughs> I I get opposites to tracks. I get, you know, we don't know her background or whatever. But I do think it's really interesting, like, more of the macro trend that we see of, like, there are a lot of educated, successful Black women who still want to be with, like, the hood dudes. And that connection to me is always really interesting. And maybe it's the spontaneity, maybe it's the excitement, maybe it's feeling like he's going to protect you. But this is a perfect example of like when that goes wrong. I'm I'm not shocked by the relationship. I, I feel like Gunplay is a is a rapper. He was famous and he has money. So I'm not surprised this lawyer got with Gunplay. Um, Cause he, I mean, he's in a pretty big circles. Like when you think of Rick Ross, his label, who he's with, who he's accompanied by. Like I don't know. Like of course, I feel like a lot of people wanna, like a lot of women would want gunplay. Matt, I don't know what I was pointing to me. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know. I don't know. I kind of want to, we might have to move on to the next topic, but I kind of want to break down though. Like, why is it that women 
like the dangerous niggas? Like, why do women like bad boys or the nigga that might smack the fuck out of them? But he's also rich. Is so he rich, rich if you ask him? And also, if he had to go fund me, then boy? he's not rich, right? If if you if you putting the GoFundMe up, you're not rich. You're not having nothing. You're not having shit. To me, well, he just yeah. bought Rick Ross a chain for his birthday. So then, why did he? Post he was the asking. GoFundMe? He was asking other people for money to help out. That don't mean he don't got no money. Obviously, he was like, if he was like, fuck y'all. If, if that was for my daughter, and if y'all take your money back. <laughs> Y'all bunch of like bitch ass niggas. <laughs> but now do you see the problem here? It's like, okay, if you having money, then you should have to ask like that's not your heart. I don't I don't see nothing wrong with him asking people like for his daughter's help. Like that's not the that's not their that? daughter, like, that's his daughter. So what? Nigga, but she going through something. <laughs> but if you have the money, then you would just pay the money. You wouldn't even be thinking about what? trying to ask people for money. Why pay your money? <laughs> like I don't, I don't like I, I kind of understand like that. It's like so, so oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm just gonna add this sipping in. Now, obviously, these sites are way off a lot of times, but so I looked up gunplay's net worth. One place says four hundred thousand dollars, and then another site says a million dollars. So it could be somewhere in the middle. It could be higher, lower, but I'm just getting into the conversation. So this week there was a big update in the uh, the YouTube space, specifically in the Manosphere community. So the podcast Fresh and Fit has actually officially been demonetized on YouTube, which basically means that they're off the platform. That's YouTube's nice way of kicking you off, mm-hmm. um, especially because they have. 1.4 million subscribers. So they were making some serious money from YouTube. Um, and actually in the official announcement um, where Myron, for you guys who might be familiar with the podcast, and they don't really know exactly what happened, quote unquote, to the, according to them, they don't know what happened. And that this is kind of a new update from YouTube. He gets emotional and actually starts crying on the clip. So let's bring that in for you guys. So I left a job that I truly loved to do this, right? Because I shouldn't be admitting this, but saving children, right? That was great. But saving you guys is better. Thank God he's not saving children no more. Mm-mm-mm. What was this man doing before? What's he talking about saving children? I'm so confused. I don't know. I'm on his uh, LinkedIn page. I don't see anything about. Yeah, man, this is tough, bro. Because uh, we put our lives into this, you know. <sighs> we didn't miss a day, honestly. Um, I didn't think something. He 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 always been the redheaded stepchild. To be honest, yeah, he ain't, he ain't talking about nothing, but yeah, I'm not sure what he did with kids where it was like, Oh, I'm I don't know if he was like a mentor or yeah, because I just googled and it said like his degree is in criminal justice or something like that, so mm. maybe that's what he did, I don't know, but yeah, a YouTube spokesperson confirmed that they um have officially been suspended from the YouTube partner program. Um, just to give more context for people who may not be familiar with them, some of the things that they've done, uh, that guy who was crying, he is the author of a book that is titled Why Women Deserve Less. Um, I'm just going to let you sit there with that for a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the guys have also... Um, collaborated with people like Sneeko and Nick Fuentes, which if you don't know who either one of them are, they also are like pretty openly racist. Not pretty, like they are openly racist. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuentes has called women, quote unquote, baby machines. Um, he a real Nazi. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. And so I was going to say, this is big though, because... Uh, so I, I just happened to Google, like, who has been suspended from the YouTube partner program? And there's a couple names that came up. One uh, is Rudy Giuliani, mm. who 
just got we fresh mug mugshot from from Rice Street in uh in Atlanta. The other one is Steven Crowder. I don't know if y'all know who Steven Crowder is, but he's like a right wing talking head who's spews uh-huh. the same type of hatred that <laughs> that you, you know that you know just general internet internet hatred. And then we have Fresh and Fit, so it's like it's really interesting that you know now they're put in that same category with those people. And last thing I want to add before mm-hmm. we get into it. Um, so Myron, like in the full version of that clip, he tries to convince their subscribers to go over to Rumble and pay $5 a month. Um, he talks about how expensive the podcast is to run. And he goes, we need you guys to save us now. You know, it's not about money, but, you know, basically like we he gives this whole speech about we saved you guys. So you guys have to save us. Did he save? Did they save anybody? I don't know. How do, let, let's let's start here though. Like, how do we feel about you know before all this stuff happened? Like, was any of us tuned into what Fresh and Fit was? You know their their podcasts or any of their things at all? Yeah, when they first came out, um, I watched their show quite a few times, um, and to me, they were just like a cheap Kevin Samuels knockoff. Like, hey, we see that Kevin Samuels gets a certain reaction. So we're going to take that a step further by bringing women in person and like dogging them out to their faces, essentially. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Um, Yeah, me. I mean, I've seen a couple of clips, you know, just throughout the years and stuff like that. It just, uh, you know, the reason why I fuck with Kevin Samuels is because he was entertaining. Like it it was Uh you know, the way he would talk to people was just entertaining. Fresh and fit, it just seemed like pure hatred every time I saw a clip. Now I never watched yes. a full episode. I I will admit I never seen a full episode. I've seen a number of clips. Um, and yeah, it just always just seemed like, like you said, what's the title of Bro's book? Like why women deserve less. Like it was all always mm-hmm. about that. You know, Kevin Samuels wasn't never on that. Like women shouldn't find anything. He was just saying like this is what you need to do to find what you want. Mm-hmm. They talking about, you know what I'm saying, you don't deserve anything, basically, you know what I mean? So I think it's rightfully so that they that they got suspended, but yeah. And I can maybe give a little bit more context, too, like about the suspension. So I haven't really talked about this much in the podcast before, but so my career history is that I worked at Google for almost eight years. Um, I worked in advertising. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, Google and YouTube are owned by Alphabet. And so I specifically worked with brands on getting their ads placed on YouTube, placing the display network search. And where the problem lies is that YouTube makes their money from not from people watching content, but from big brands who want to purchase ad space. And those brands are really, really, really conscious about their brand identity and what they're connected to. Mm. So um, a few years ago, probably like 2015, 2016, there was a big brand safety scandal where there were a lot of ads on YouTube that were running on content that brands didn't want to be connected with. You know, racist content, violent content, things like that. Mm. And so YouTube got really serious about screening content to make sure that it was quote unquote brand safe. Um, And so what people don't get is like, yes, YouTube is a free platform to like post your content to. Anybody can quote unquote post content. But at the end of the day, YouTube is a business. It's about making money, not for individuals, but for a corporation. And if that corporation is potentially losing money because people don't want their ads showing next to misogynistic content or racist content, then yeah, they're going to demonetize you. And that makes sense from a brand perspective. Like we've seen what, I mean, we've seen like over the years, like whether it's black history month or um, pride month and stuff like that, like these brands, like they step into that and like, they try to be on the right side of history. So like for you to just be on YouTube saying whatever the fuck you want to say, you think you can have that that Bud Light ad, or you can have that ad mm-hmm. on your video and think they're going to be cool with it? No. That shit is not happening. Yeah. Like you, you're going to get clapped out here. Um, and it's just kind of like, so I, I I understand. Now, 
I was just doing a little bit more Googling. I was just trying to figure out like what was the catalyst to them getting demonetized this time. I don't know exactly if they, do, do you know of anything that happened recently where it was like, oh, this is the last straw or did YouTube just like kind of catch on to it? So one of the theories that I've seen is they were on Sneeko's um, Rumble page, which he's also been demonetized and kicked off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them, I think it was Myron, was wearing a hood that looked like a KKK hood. Uh. So it could definitely be related to that. Also, like YouTube takes, like there are human people who watch your videos to say if it's brand safe or not. Um, they obviously have been making content for a while now. They make a lot of content. And so if you've just been continually picking up strikes against the YouTube content policy, then officially now YouTube probably has a strong enough case to be like, all right, deuces, you got to go. Now, how do we feel about like them moving forward? Like, Is this going to make them... Because I tend to think that when things like this happen and like there's controversy and people are quote unquote done wrong by the system, you know, YouTube kicking them off. I kind of feel like this this puts a battery in, in their fans' backs and makes them like rise even more. So how do y'all do y'all feel like they're just gonna totally fall off? Or is it gonna be like the ride like or are they gonna get even bigger than before and then really keep spreading all this bullshit that they've been spreading? I think what's really interesting is if you look at a lot of the Manosphere channels that got really big, a lot of them have had um, like drops in traffic. So for them, they're demonetized. But if you look at somebody like Just Pearly Things who like blew up out of nowhere and her views have like continually started to go down over the past like several months. Um, So I think people might just be getting tired of some of that content. I think what's interesting about like social media and the algorithms today is you go from never hearing a message. It doesn't even have to be about manosphere. It could be about anything. But you go mm-hmm. from never hearing a message to then hearing it all day, every single day, as more content creators make content about it, as other people react to that content mm-hmm. and get their other side of the coin. And I think it makes certain conversations get stale fast. Yeah, I think what Kevin Samuels did that was really would have been different with him is that his content was more diverse and he covered more things, you know, related to like men's improvement and fashion and fragrance and career stuff. I think for some of these people who their content is just like down with modern women, there's only so much that you can share that before. I think people were just naturally going to get a little tired. To switch the conversation a bit, people are scared of the backlash that comes with speaking your opinion. Um, if you were to go and do what Kevin Samuels did, he was able to create a brand off of it, but there's a lot of people who can't create a brand off of downing other people. And I feel like there's so many YouTubers and things like you're saying, yeah, they all tried doing it, but they can't do it at the execution that Kevin Samuels did because Kevin Samuels wasn't only downing women. That's not what he was doing. He was talking to male and woman, and he also built it up like from the past of casually doing it and growing and figuring out what to do, what was wrong, what was right. And people were just like grabbing the clips and everything that people took onto the negative shit that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And they was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to create a whole copycat of that platform because that's what he was doing. And then the whole idea was that, A, Kevin Samuels is just this misogynistic guy. And it, I really don't think he was. Like Kevin Samuels was, uh, he was fair. He was a fair person. He spoke on males, women, but I can't be upset with the clips that got out there. Like most of the time, the clips that got out there was all the misogynistic, misogynistic shit. But hey, I mean, if that's what people want to see, that's what they want to see. If that's not his fault. And he probably wanted that, to be honest. He probably wanted those clips to be out there because that does nothing but boost his you know his rate like he said it so like i'm of course yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure he was proud to say it but like he probably wanted the controversy to get out there because that builds his platform so like that makes sense um i feel like yeah he, he knew it was coming like he knew that was on the way but 
when we start talking about these fresh and fit, which is like a copycat of it, I feel like they did exactly that. They just latched onto the negative part and the thing that people mostly were engaged into. It was like they made a whole platform of picking up all these escorts and and models and women and like wherever they were, Florida, Vegas, I don't know. And they wanted to pretty much create reality TV on a podcast. And that's kind of how I kind of view it. Like, I I don't know. I don't know if that's how they really feel in day-to-day life. I mean, if the guy's making a book, he must obviously feel what he's talking about and crying about it. So I think was messed up is with what you were saying about them. I don't like, I don't know if I think that they even believe all that stuff. Um, Same thing with just pearly things. I think is some people, you said they see something works and they want to figure out a way to monetize it and make a quick buck. And so I'm just going to repeat what somebody else says and not even add my own sauce to it. Like not even do my own critical thinking to add to the conversation. Um, I think the part that really is just interesting to me is how the internet has made some people really think that they're stars. Like mm-hmm. I get fresh and fit at 1.2 million followers on YouTube. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of eyes on you. And I'll take that from them. I don't take that it's a lot of hard work to grow a channel to that extent. But the amazement in their faces that they could be like kicked off of YouTube was what was so hilarious to me is it's like in the grand scheme of things, this is nothing. This a million followers is a big deal to you, but this million followers isn't a big deal to Coca-Cola and Pepsi. Mm-hmm. This isn't a big deal to one of the most profitable companies in the world, Alphabet. Like they don't care about you. And the whole channel is about spewing, like getting money and, you know, growing a business. Well, y'all should have known that you can't grow a business that's reliant on stockholders and so many other people to for you Let, to get let's your stop. Money. Let's stop here. So what do we think the creator should do or what do you think they should do? I know they're going to rumble to try to get subscriptions and going on a platform that's they don't have to worry about a Coca-Cola or anything like that because Rumble supports the other side and what they're talking about. So are they doing the right thing? Um, trying to move their their fan base over to another platform? Um, is it kind of just F them? Like, what, what is our opinion on this? I mean, of course, I feel like it's definitely the right thing, to be honest. Like, that's if I was them, I would do the same thing because, yes, they have this audience. Like, regardless of what we say, they have an audience. So. You don't ever want to let them, you know, be without you for so for for too long. So of course, like move it over. Like we're gonna get started over here and get shit popping. Like that's definitely the right thing to do. So I can't really be mad at them for that. That that's that's just business. But I think to your point, Rye, like because you were saying that people are scared to say their opinions. I think they, I don't know how careful they need to be on Rumble. You know, I don't know if Rumble is just they don't all have to be careful it. at all at all yeah they could just you know keep on with their original program to be honest and i think that that's shit that's what it is i'm still not gonna watch it but somebody gonna tune in i bet you if, I, if they live right now they probably got 10,000 20,000 people in there just listening to today's shit so i, I feel like i peeped the game um going on a stream crying saying hey they did this to me oh my god like he's just trying to get all his subscribers to move to a platform and say, hey, this this guy is picking on me. Like, I, I feel like that's, it was literally just all the facade and that's what he was trying to do. He was just like, hey, this big mean guy is, is picking on us and mm-hmm. the little guy and hey, all of y'all like leave this, leave this platform and follow me here. But there is a fee, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think most of this stuff, yeah, the tears were fake. But I feel feel like his uh, aspect of losing the money, he felt that. Like, that wasn't fake. He definitely felt that. (laughs) The tears for, like, overall, like, only thing he was upset about was the check. That's what he was really upset about. It wasn't about helping nobody. He's like, the kids, that's cool. (laughs) But really, it's it's y'all. Like... (laughs) I think that might have been the first time we've ever watched somebody lose significant amount of money live on tv like that's yeah. really what it what it was 
Mm-hmm. Like I see these checks running through my fingers as we speak. I got bills to pay my mortgages due on the first. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't think the, like I would have been crying for real. I mean, he's selling a book, but at the same time, like that's the bread and butter. So I would have been really crying for real. Like that's. Damn. I imagine they were making six figures a month, like from YouTube, and just oh, for yeah. that just to disappear off of like that is like damn. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's an entire lifestyle change. They got bills, Seriously. they got people to pay. That's a big problem. Now let me switch it up. Let's talk about like overall, right? And I just want to talk about content creators and obviously the people that consume content, which is, you know, the people, right? And so there's these ideologies out out here. Of course, we know the red pill, we know the incels, the make towels, all those different types of people that had these ideologies, or even the women that be like, oh, I want a hundred thousand dollars. I want a man to make six figures, all those types of things. Like these things that's in our consciousness, in our, you know, in our realm. So these ideas that are out here and like who's whose fault is it that these ideas are out here and are spreading like the wrong ideas is it the platforms that put the ideas out here or is it the people that's dumb enough to like sit here and just take it in and believe all these stupid ideas that's just out in the atmosphere because me i just feel like people stupid and that's their fault that's a great question um i think you're right i think it's that people are stupid. I think that's the other reason why people gravitated towards Kevin Samuel so much is he was able to use logic to show to women in particular, like for example, the hundred thousand dollar man thing, like how rare that is. Like that mathematically, that is going to not be something that you're just going to run across when you're at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, So the fact, I think you're right. I think it is that people are really quick to, believe information and not synthesize it and actually compare it to their real experience. I think all those movements that you meant, they all have certain points that are valid. Like I consume content all over the internet. I like to listen to people who have differences of opinion in me, different experiences. And sometimes I listen to that and I'm like, you know what? That point right there is a good point. That thing I can take from this. It doesn't mean that all the other elements of it, I have to believe. And I think that's where people go wrong is like, you hear one thing and you run with it. So on the $100,000 man thing, you hear that like men should take you out on dates and treat you nice and and whatever. And you hear, okay, I need a Chanel bag on our first date. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and my, my point of view on the whole thing is, I think it's part of both. Like, I feel like you can't be too upset on the consumer if the platform is pushing it. If they're pushing this in your face, like pinning on, on the for you and the things that are trending to you, um, and you're seeing that all the time and the people who are pushing that and at buying ad dollars towards that, then, yeah, I mean, you're the stupid consumer consuming it, but it's like that's what's on your feed. Like that's So I feel like it's a, it's a bit of both. Like someone's purposely paying money for it to be in your face, and not the, and they're the uh, those that are the big platforms who are taking that money to do it. So I don't know; it's a bit of both. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, I do agree that it is a bit of both. I just put more of the onus on the people, just because I think Jermaine said something, or she was like alluding to something that's important: is like discernment. Like you can take things from. Like a broken clock is right twice a day, right? And so it's like you need to, people need to be able to discern like, oh, is this good information? Is this bad information? And when your platform is, I don't know if they was age restricted. I don't know if like they had, you had to be 18 and up to watch them. But like if kids are watching them and like they don't really have those discernment skills, like that's when I blame the platform. But if it's other adults, it's like, okay, well, you just don't have no discernment skills. But a 12 year old Okay, so don't you're, know. you're pinning it, you're still pinning this on their platform. Right. I put it more on people, but I'm just saying, like, if there is kids that's watching, they don't have the discernment skills. They don't have the mental capacity to like be like, okay, this is this is right. This is wrong. This feels right. This feels wrong. Like they just going to listen because they like the person. They be like, oh, I believe everything because I don't know. Anybody. I feel like this show wasn't for kids, though. Like, I feel like that wasn't the premise. So you sitting here saying, hey, if the kids can't discern when most of their audience probably were adults. 
like men probably in their 20s to 30 years old, probably range. That don't mean like, I don't, not I don't think their audience. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but ma their main audience, they weren't promoting to kids. So you're sitting here saying, hey, like the kids and the discernments, like that's not who's really consuming the content. They're adults who are knowing what they're clicking on and then knowing what they're going to that platform for. So that's not like a negative towards them. They're getting their audience and they're promoting to their audience their content who want to hear that. That's not I a negative. You. That's a positive. I hear you. So maybe maybe YouTube needs to do better a better job at, you know, age restriction then. Because it's not like a kid can't find it and like become a super fan of Andrew Tate or uh Fresh and Fit or Sneeko or all these people. Like they can find it. Like, you know how much shit I found as a kid that I shouldn't have been watching. So it's like, yeah, like it's of course this it's an adult conversation, but kids is watching this. Like don't don't get it to it, they definitely watching and definitely being influenced by it. So I put it on both of them. I think it's both, but I, I think it's more the people. Like, stop being so stupid, everybody. Man, you know, with that being said, I think we exhausted all the topics for today. So let's go ahead and get into some highlights if we have them. So does anybody have anything they want to highlight for the people today? Yeah, so my highlight is um, a new single from Charlotte Day Wilson, who I love. Um, she has Snow Allegra on the track as well. It's called Forever. Super dope. Okay. Uh, so let me go ahead and go with mine. So, you know, I, I like to do throwbacks sometimes. So I'm going to do a throwback. Let's go back to the 80s, uh, a band called Loose Ends. I, I want to say they from the UK. Um, like they was in the 80s doing, doing the 80s sound and shit like that. But they have this song called You Can't Stop the Rain, which has been sampled many times, uh, you know, throughout the years. But go back and listen to the original so you can see you know, where the idea came from. So check that joint out. Raj, you got some? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and shout out uh, Mo Vega. He's an artist we had on in the past. And he's been on the move lately. Been doing a lot of different shows out in the Detroit area. And his latest project, No Love Lost, make sure you go check that out. So, so actually, let me, let me uh, since you were just talking about, uh, you know, people we had on before, I want to shout out Carla Black, too, because she had just dropped a, a video. Uh, let me just see what the name of the song is called right quick, though. So Carla Black, let me get on YouTube. Temporary Love. So if y'all go to Carla Black's YouTube, just search it up on YouTube. Temporary Love by Carla Black. Check that joint out. It's like a live performance type of thing, a one-mic performance. So super yeah, dope shit, that was shit, dope. Man. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had checked that out a couple Bye. days ago. I was fucking with it. She be uh, singing. No, nah, for real, for real. But uh, yeah, man, if you made it this far, we definitely appreciate you. Check out that merchandise in our store, man. It's definitely still there. Um, yes, yeah, so go cop that shit. But if you made it this far, we appreciate you for listening. This has been the Friends Podcast, and we out. Yep. Peace. Out. Peace.